podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We would love to give every one of our fans a night to remember. It's coming home, it's coming home. The World Cup. It's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming home. There he goes. It's That's a winning shot. Welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast and defending world champions of both White Ball World Cup sounds about as good as it gets, really, I think, for an England cricket fan um, or indeed any sports fan around the world. It doesn't really get a lot better than that, does it? Um, unless than a week away from the Football World Cup starting, which, to be honest with you, I couldn't really care less about now. Um, it's all about the cricket here on the Shackles or our podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Chris Millard, um, as a Barmy Army member or cricket fan, I, I suppose it doesn't really get any better at all, does it? No, it really doesn't. I mean, we won the World Cup in 2019. That was a very special occasion. We've had so many people on this podcast talk about both playing but also supporting that day. It doesn't really get better than winning a World Cup in your own country. But 
secondary to that is winning a World Cup in Australia, um, especially when you're not even playing the Aussies in the final. It's um, No, it was a very special occasion. I must admit, I was sat at home watching, thinking, what am I doing? Um, what am I doing not out there on tour with the rest of the, the team that were over there? And it was amazing to see them having such a great time and celebrating what has got to be. I think we've got to take our hats off to the white ball strategy for the last seven years, eight years. I mean, there's been a clear and obvious strategy to nail white ball cricket, win the World Cup in the ODI format was the original strategy. And Joss continuing that legacy for Morgs is just um, is just brilliant and absolute testament to having a great objective and a good strategy behind it. And they've delivered that. I think not many people can say, if any, can say they've held both um, cups at the same time. So it's, yeah, unbelievably proud uh, to be an England cricket fan at the minute. Yeah, absolutely unreal. Um, I mean, if you if you look at the fact that the game was a, a complete joke, it was just an amazing match. Um, a little bit tense, a little bit kind of tetchy. The pitch wasn't amazing. It was actually a pretty crap pitch, wasn't it, for a final? But cool. if, if if you just run through the fact that England. The England team, right? You've got Joss Butler, brilliant captain's performance. I thought everything he did in the field was absolutely unreal. Adil Rashid, magnificent again. Chris Jordan, fantastic. Sam Curran ended with 13 wickets in the entire tournament. That eclipses anybody in a T20 World Cup previously for England by three, beating David Willey, Ryan Sidebottom. Uh, so 13 wickets overall, but then three for 12 of four overs. And all right, I know the pitch was a dodgy one for a final, but... Christ, who who saw that coming? Because everybody prior to the the, the tournament really was saying Sam Curran, not sure, don't know, really, don't really see where he gets a game. Well, he completely blew that one out of the water, um, <laughs> didn't he? Um, ben Stokes, amazing. We'll talk a bit more about Stokes in a sec. Um, but I actually think the England side is going to get better, and I know it's an easy thing to say that. Um, and we said that after the 2019 World Cup, didn't we? And all the players who could come in and the ifs, buts and maybes and the fact that we won 2019 without Alex Hales, who was fantastic in this T20 World Cup. But you look at Topley, Wood, Archer, barely used Livingston. Milan had an injury. Um, Harry Brook in there. He's going to be better for the experience and having a medal round his neck. Sam Curran as well. I mean, you forget this kid is so young and yet he's already so experienced you know going forward he's going to be like a senior statesman for like the next two or three t20 world cups um bearstow missing bearstow missing i mean it, just think how easy it would have been if all these guys were all fit or would it who knows you know you've got this kind of like weird conundrum would the team have been better or is it just that the stars align and the 11 just all clicks it's it's such a a strange conundrum now that Joss Butler's got going forward, but actually if anybody's going to kind of carry this team forward in an Owen Morgan statesman-like respected way, um, it is Joss Butler, isn't it? It was absolutely electric. Like, I'm so excited about it. You can probably tell, <laughs> but it's uh, absolutely <laughs> fantastic. All the way through, I, I just thought that the whole team was was actually, you know, there was a couple of little dicey bits, but when it when they came under the pump in those must-win games, they they all did their jobs brilliantly. And Sam Curran, I mean, fantastic. You know, the, from the bumpers that he was bowling against Afghanistan that got a few tongs wagging to that brilliant performance in the final, just just brilliant. But, Chris, I know that we, we'd, we could almost do a separate podcast on, on the fact that Ben Stokes just proves himself time and time again to be the goat of English cricket. 
but he, he actually is, though, isn't he? I want to hear you because you, you, you're such a big admirer of Ben Stokes, aren't you? And he was just how good? How good is he as a sports person? I first of all, Gregory, do you need to breathe? That was Sorry, um, yeah. That, this is that, kind that, of me just saying over to you for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very emotional. Five minutes on the England cricket team about the prowess and um, depth that we have in that team now. I think one of the most amazing testaments to the strategy and to what they've built with this recent influx of players is how strong the fringe players were. I mean, going out to Pakistan and winning the way they did when they played that series was incredible. And knowing that that wasn't even our full strength team and a lot of them lads didn't even make the World Cup squad. And you've got the team that were over there and the players that came in as backup to replace them coming in and looking like absolute season pros, you'd probably argue Sam Curran was a fringe player for the T20 team coming into this. You'd argue, Well, Alex Hale's obviously not been in for a long time. Harry Brook, new up and coming. They were absolute staples of the team for the whole tournament. And they they really earned the shirt and did well. But I think you went back to Stokesy. Someone mentioned it to me the other day. Do you think we can bring him out of retirement for the ODI World Cup? I mean, the man loves a big stage and... You've got to love players like that in any walk of life or sport or in just in life in general. People that show up when other people shy away and set themselves from the rest is what makes him um, one of in- England's greatest ever cricketers, if not the greatest. He has just never failed to let us down when it matters. And let's not forget, he's done it in three formats now. When our backs have been against the wall, when we're about to lose on the biggest stage in the World Cup final, wickets falling all around him, he goes and drags us through it to a super over. In the ashes, odds are against us. He dra- somehow waves his magic ginger beard and his <laughs> hasty arms go after that ball and just turns into this unbelievable hero. I mean, he did it in the ashes. He also won us the game in Cape Town, you could argue, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handily on that test series, he did incredibly well. And then first ever international T20 50 World Cup final. He's been around a long time. He's not scored a 50 yet. Saved it for the final. What a ledge. What a ledge. I'm just, yeah, look, people that have watched the documentary and he has had a career in the public eye. He's got a very, I guess, a topsy turvy career um, with the press. And Mm -hmm. there's been a lot towards him around that time and a lot of people within uh, the hierarchies of cricket leadership that were against him for a certain period of time. And he's just proven how much of a gem in our um, crown jewels he is. Um, what a bloke. So proud for him and so happy for him and his family to have another moment like this. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. And I don't think he's out the realm as a possibility. I know we like to do this quite a lot, you know, Sir Jack Leach or uh, Sir Gary Pratt, but Sir Ben Stokes. I mean, <laughs> come on. Mate, you know. we flew an aeroplane over Edgebaston in 2019. I before his heroics of the ashes had even arose, saying we got a knight to blow. We we hired a plane from Blackpool to do that. We were asking for him to be knighted just after his first World Cup heroics. Now, bloody hell, make him a lord. Find <laughs> a knighthood. I did lord a little ben tweet saying lord, lord Stokes of Cumbria. Yeah, and I think actually it's got a nice little ring to it. So there we have our little claim for Ben Stokes. I mean, it's, it's not just our claim. It's 
quite popular uh, thought the fact that Ben Stokes should probably be knighted and we talked Lord all <laughs> lauded straight to the House of Lords bang not sure how the protocol works on that but sod it he was honestly amazing and it's not just about Ben Stokes it's all the lads it's your Chris Wokes as well and it, just brilliant absolutely brilliant you can tell that um, I think Chris and I are both pretty excited about the whole thing as I'm sure that you are as well now I know that many of you probably listening um, were at Greenwood Sports Bar. And if not, you probably saw all our footage over social media from Sunday morning. Unbelievable. Producer Chuck, you were there. And um, in fact, in fact, actually, whilst we're on this, I saw you sort of getting on a bit of Sky Sports and obviously as well as doing all the capturing, all the footage, etc. The but- worst potentially questionable interview of all time. Was it? Was it? I, I, the I, I, sports bloke goes, what, what What? have you, so what have you got to say? It's what an amazing day, whatever he says. And then Chuck goes, well, I'm speechless. And he goes, well, you've said enough then. Don't worry about it. I'll do all your talking. <laughs> You're joking. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh, oh, the Can we clip going. it in? Can we clip it into the pod? Oh, I think mate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Guys, it's off, it's off the, TV records, atmosphere, classic. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. I don't think it is. I think we can find that. No problem. <laughs> Unreal. It was, just, it, it was just one of those moments where your head's just gone, isn't it? It was fully gone. I was just, I was on the adrenaline of the win and I didn't, and then suddenly there was a camera in my face and that was it and just went off on one and said I was speechless, even though I'd spoken for about 10 minutes about Ben Stokes. <laughs> I've had better moments, but there we are. There we have it. But that wasn't, that was an amazing moment though, right? So Chris and I have been to Greenwood before for the Ashes watch along overnight, etc. It's a really cool venue, but venue aside, what, what was that like? Because obviously it's a difficult one to, plan isn't it i know chris you were saying you've got to not be there but it's a difficult one unless you commit to being in australia for the entire tournament you don't have a real job you've got lots of money um you love england cricket there's not going to be many and there was actually a surprising amount of england fans there um, and barmy army contingent as well obviously we've got the expat expats etc who did an amazing job and got some really cool footage as well on our social media if you've not seen it but the closest thing that you can get to that is being in a bar with a load of like-minded folk all sort of getting the third and fourth pints in off, off nine in the morning. So Chuck, <laughs> how, how, how was, how was it first? I mean, what, a, what an awesome place to be. I mean, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. It was the place to be really in the UK. I don't think I would have want to be anywhere else on Sunday morning. Um, the pub just gradually exploded with atmosphere. It was very, it was slow to get, going and then beyond the the, the run chase it, it just really took off and I've never seen a group of people celebrate just a run as much as that whole pub did um in the run chase and it it was just so I think pe- people are going to forget looking back at that final how nerve-wracking it was for about an hour after Butler got out and uh you don't really truly feel that unless you're in the ground or you're surrounded by 200 people in a pub and that's what it was like and it was it was absolutely incredible and and the the trumpeter was there as well so you still got all the formals to the England and you know it, it was just incredible atmosphere I the closest I've ever felt 
to being in the ground and not being there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Big, big time. Quality. Quality. Absolutely love it. Um, and also, we did have a couple who shall re- remain nameless uh, England players who w- we were hoping to get on the podcast and we will speak to in the coming weeks, we promise. But as you can imagine, the last, uh, well, whatever, 48 hours since that win had been a little bit bonkers. Um, they, 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 you know, they've not been able to or, or actually they've said, I can't speak at the moment. As in, not that they don't want to speak, as in they, they physically can't because they're obviously enjoying themselves quite a lot. Chuck, you raised quite a good point just before we were uh, yeah. before we started recording. And I want your thoughts on this, Chris, as well, right? Because I'm pretty sure that we're all going to be in unanimous agreement, which is a very rare thing. But if you, Chuck said to me, if you win a World Cup or have an amazing achievement, but in this case, winning the World Cup, you are the world champions. When do you stop celebrating? Like, how hard is it to stop celebrating? England had this game against Australia in the start of an ODI series on Thursday. So four days after, three days really, after you've won the World Cup, you've then got to dust yourself down, be professional, go again, reset, have all that kind of professional nous and, and clout about you. Impos- impossible. Impossible. It's probably why none of, none of us are professional sports people. But, I think you raise a good point, though. It's not really. <clears throat> I think it's a scheduling issue. There's a. I think there's an the underlying root cause of the frustration from the players is what are they playing for? What are these three ODIs for in Australia? Mm. Is it is it token games for TV rights? What what's oh, yeah. the rationale behind the ODIs that are about to be played? I think that's more of the frustration. Like when you've just um, when you've just had a full World Cup, all your energy's being zapped. You've been to Pakistan just before that. Then you're told you've got to stay and play three ODIs. Okay, look, it's a privileged position to be in and they've got to deliver um, a product, which cricket is. But wh- where does it stop? Like like you say, they've got to celebrate the success and enjoy the time. It's like when England won the 50-over World Cup. Two weeks later, they're playing a bloody friendly against Ireland. Yeah. Tim Murt is falling at them. It's like, how, how are they meant to get up for this and then play an Asher straight after it. It's um yeah, it's a it's the problem with cricket scheduling and TV rights deals that isn't going to go away, is only going to involve over time. Sorry for the outburst and blurting in, but there you go. Maybe it's a good point though, isn't it? I mean, and, and Chuck, Chuck, to be fair, um away from the seriousness of that, right, which is which is a, an amazing point, right? And I don't think anybody's really disputing that because I think the players have grumbled about it a little bit in the press, haven't they? And I'm sure that actually uh, the two players we'd have had on would have said exactly the same same thing, but um, we also on a on a more sort of like light hearted kind of point to that, we also then came to the conclusion that it never really stops the celebration, does it? <laughs> it doesn't, does it? I mean, if you look at the fact that you've got, um, <laughs> you look at Matthew Hoggard, Steve Harmison. You have um, they they won the Ashes seventeen years ago, and you're constantly getting invited to functions. People buying you a beer when they meet you for the first time in your local. Uh, you go into reunion parties and uh, little after dinner gigs and all that. You you can celebrate it for you know as long as you want, really. So there is a little bit of that, but that bit of that. But you do want to enjoy it in the here and now, and the scheduling shouldn't be a reason why you stop. I completely agree. I don't think anybody. Um, uh, no, and that. and right, they are in Australia and they, they need to maximise the amount of game time they have over there because 
let's be honest, we're um, our record in Australia against Australia isn't the best in any format. So um, hopefully we turn them over quite quickly over there in the three ODIs. Um, there is, as well. yeah, and there is support. The um, Barmy supporters groups will be out in force for all the ODIs. Um, fun time Tony heading up the um, Australian supporters branch did a great job alongside Dave Peacock for the T20 World Cup and I'm sure we'll be looking forward to the ODIs and um, singing the boys on they don't get much cricket over there so they've got to make the most of it when it happens right yeah too right too right um, right to round off the podcast Chris and I feel a little bit apprehensive about this last bit so Chuck says we've got we've got a, we've got a guest we've got some questions to ask him he's going to remain on 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 mute um and we're not going to be able to see the guy's face and then he's going to pop up and you can kind of grill him quiz him and find out who the guest is right okay i mean i'm panicking a little bit about this because i mean you've given us some kind of tenuous feeder questions what if we don't what if me and chris have asked 25 questions to this person we still don't know who it is and this person's pretty much given their life story and we've got podcast listeners screaming screaming at their car speakers or however they listen to the podcast what happens chuck what on earth goes on i think you're i think yeah my my only nervousness with this is that if this person has literally told us his life story and i still don't know who it is no okay you don't need to worry about that i'll give you a little clue now as well it's not someone like they're kind of famous for the sake of it like they're not really famous but like you'll know who they are if it's someone's shit i'm gonna walk off Oh, this is great. I knew, I knew that you would be totally against the spirit of this entire thing. Yeah, I, didn't I say to you, Greg, before Chris came on? Brilliant. I knew that he'd just hate you because he wants to know. And that's what I love about this entire thing so much. I love it. This is the only time I ever see Chris in, in this type of mood. And it's brilliant. I don't like losing control. <laughs> exactly and i love it because i'm not in control either but this is my natural state whereas this isn't your natural state <gasps> i should just quickly interrupt the podcast here just to say that chris and i didn't actually have to do all the guessing in the end because our guest who is mohammed sareem akhtar just popped onto the zoom and his face popped up so which really really did help us um, you may know this chap. You'll certainly know him by face. He's the double teapot looking very cross and forlorn Pakistani cricket fan who rose to prominence during the World Cup in England in 2019. He gets shared everywhere online. If you've got no idea who we're on about, type it in. Mohammed Sareem Akhtar. Instantly you'll go, okay, that's him. Anyway, just so you know who you're talking to, because I don't think at any stage during this conversation do we actually say his name, but he's a very, very nice chap and a good sport for coming on. Anyway, back to it. Oh, wait. Hang on. <laughs> oh, no, he's there. <laughs> he's joined. Hey, there. Hi, mate. How are we? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm Tremendous. <laughs> I'm very well. You know who our oh, mystery guest is? Oh, wow. <laughs> Looks like the whole army army. <laughs> I've never seen you smile. Uh-huh. That comes naturally. That The other one was out of character, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? 
I'm I'm well. I'm well. Nice to meet you guys. So, are you the three who are running the Twitter handle? Um. So, Chris is in charge of all the madness in the Barmy Army. Uh, Chuck is the one who probably inspires your fame a little bit more than uh, than anyone else. Actually, if we're completely <laughs> honest. But this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is, uh, we've, we've had something similar to this before where we had the crying Aussie bloke. You may have seen him from the crowd who was in, in tears when Ben Stokes hit the winning runs at Headingley in the ashes. And that was the first time I've ever spoken to like a walking, talking meme. But now I actually am talking to a walking, talking meme, which is absolutely <laughs> exceptional. <laughs> Yeah, so, so many variations came out over the World Cup, right throughout. Whenever some someone lost, uh, and particularly when there was an upset. How, so, how have you found Stardom? <laughs> uh, initially, it was a little strange and challenging because I wasn't, uh, uh, you can say, familiar when people approached me while I was driving or they would point towards me when I landed at the airport <laughs> or even uh, uh, promoted to a first class when I was about to collect my boarding pass. So <laughs> I had to take all of that in my stride and get familiar with it. And then gradually it slowed down. Now, whenever I go across any Anywhere where there are probably, uh, you can say, um, Indians, Pakistanis, or Bangladesh, Sri Lankan. Uh, in fact, no, I shouldn't say that because I've been recognized in a bar when I was having a team get together. A guy from US, he came across and said, you look familiar. I said, no, I'm not. <clears throat> then he said, no, no, for sure I've seen you somewhere. Aren't you the meme? I said, yeah. <laughs> so then he requested me for a selfie. So these kind of moments just come around the corner sometimes. You seem like you take it in pretty good spirit, actually, which is, I suppose, I'm not, I'm not convinced that if that was, if I was in your position, I'd be taking it in such amazing spirit. But actually, um, you've kind yeah. of got to laugh a bit, haven't you? Because it's a little bit, it's a bizarre thing to be recognised for. No, in fact, uh, you're, you're right, absolutely. All the memes, are, the majority of the memes uh, are born out of an awkward situation. Mine wasn't an awkward situation. So as soon as in my mind, uh, when I crossed that hurdle that, okay, people are superimposing their faces or someone else's faces on my picture, or they are coming up with these two catchy lines uh, over the memes. When I crossed that uh, mental block, then I became familiar and I probably, you can say, embraced it. And this, I think, happened when I shared the first meme, when I received it. And that's when I broke the barrier. <laughs> so I've been, <laughs> I've been at ease uh, ever since. I love it. So what doesn't help you cause is obviously it, it, on TV once, right? And there's loads of people shown on TV all the time, especially in cricket where for eight mm -hmm. hours a day, there's stop starts, there's drinks, there's cameras panning around the stands. You see, you feast your eyes <laughs> for a few seconds on people and then, and then that's it. The, you've forgotten their face. Yeah. What hasn't helped your cause here, Mohammed, is the fact that you've got the the ICC. Correct. We're slightly yeah. to blame. Pakistan Cricket Board, I know, are mm. quite fond of getting you involved in stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I, I, so that's probably... The um, ICC for continuing with this because they have celebrated the three birthdays whenever and year because 
their tweet reminds me, oh, it's 12th of, uh, yeah, 12th of June. <laughs> they celebrated. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, you've also done a video, I believe, of you um, interrogating the, oh, not interrogating, trying to motivate the Pakistan team as well. Um, you were involved in that little social media campaign. I remember that flying around. So that's uh, yeah. that's quite a nice moment. Yeah. The fact you actually get to, you know, you got to kind of motivate them in front of them rather than from, you know, 60, 70 metres away. <laughs> yeah, it was a strange time. COVID had just started. And uh, I think uh, after West Indies, uh, Pakistan was travelling to England. And this was the only cricket going around at that time. So that's why I got a request from uh, the cricket board in Pakistan to do some kind of a video. And I came with that catching kind of a video. Yeah, oh, good man. What do you, um, in all seriousness, Mohammed, what, what's your advice for all the England travelling fans heading over to Pakistan for the test tour? Have you got any top tips for people to get out to Pakistan and enjoy anything, any advice to share with them? Oh, yeah, definitely, man. The security situation has changed drastically over the last couple of years. And they should pack their backpack. Anyone who's fond of hiking, uh, looking at hills and valleys, snow-covered mountains as well, uh, any sports, any mountainous or uh, you can say um, lake-related sports, there are jump skis and everything over the northern areas. So welcome, man. Uh, I would. This is a perfect opportunity because the England team, if they visit, if they do come across, they'll be welcome like anything because it will be a first full-length tour by the English team after a long, long time. And uh, then every everyone <clears throat> whom the public associates it with, they'll be uh, just uh, celebrated and taken care of. Brilliant. That's that's kind of what we've we've heard that it's Great going to be advice. a fantastic yeah thanks for the advice it's going to be an amazing occasion uh, for all the fans and these two are actually going over both Chuck and Chris are oh are wow going over. fantastic so, absolutely fantastic wow yeah I know it's you, good isn't it Mohammed, and you, you know what yeah go ahead are you gonna are you gonna yeah. be there Mohammed? I just came over from Pakistan uh, in the last week of October so no plans to uh, travel back yeah, uh, had this uh, been had this come up across earlier or just kind of in the same time zone as my kids when their schools are off, I would have definitely gone there. Fantastic. And um, just quickly before we let you go, because we really appreciate you coming on. It was a big surprise to me and Chris, this, by the way. We had no idea who our mystery guest was. So this is good. I'm glad that we managed to ask <laughs> you lots of questions. This is brilliant. Um, finally, I mean, j- just a word on Pakistan, because, look, we know that they they sort of came a cropper in the final to what is obviously a very strong England team, but brilliant to to get to the final. Great achievement. Obviously, we all know with T20, it can go either way. But that T20 series that we had just a couple of months back was incredibly exciting, wasn't it? That seven-match series. And then also just overall, you know, it seems like a really good bunch of lads as well, that the Pakistan team, very likeable team and really not likeable characters. And it must be really, you know, you must be really proud to support them. Oh, yeah, definitely. You have highlighted a couple of key bits that are contributing to the Pakistan's team's success. One is that there are no uh, egos, big egos, remaining in the team now compared to the previous teams. So that helps them gel together. 
I think at uh, superstar level is also less compared to the previous teams. So now, now there are no big winners who can just outright shine and give you a victory. But collectively, they are a very strong bunch. And this is a testament because they have reached semifinals in the World Cup. Then uh, they, they were the finalists in the Asia Cup. And now are finalists in the World Cup. So the team is progressing very, very well uh, in T20. They still need to work a little bit on the 50-over game as well as the test matches. But in terms of their likability uh, <clears throat> with regards to the other uh, uh, other teams, I've seen so many videos where they are gelling very, very well uh, with the other teams and they come, they are getting respect as well. It goes both ways. You can be as polite as you want, but if you are not competitive enough, but I was torn in between both <laughs> whom to support. Obviously, my heart goes to Pakistan, but I'm living and uh, in England. And so it was, I was celebrating uh, Ben Stokes. What a player, man. Just name any, uh, in the last five years, any, any key moments, either in a test match, one day, T20. He's the man. He's the man. Wow, what an awesome player. And the mental toughness on in these situations is tremendous. Yeah, he is. I mean, we're so lucky to have him. We are so lucky to have him. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Hey, really good to talk to you. What a nice surprise that is, Mohammed. Um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and being such a good sport. Can I, You're can welcome. I, You're welcome. Anytime. Can I just ask one thing before you go? Obviously, England beat Pakistan in the final. Um, so could we maybe get you to reenact your uh, famous pose? <laughs> Not anymore. I want to keep the original one intact. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beats the original. Eh? I like that. <laughs> Are you sure of that? Are you sure? Keep your prices high. You're not a performing parrot. I like that. Yeah, good stuff. Awesome. <laughs> nice one, Mohammed. You're a top, top man. Hey, you've, you've, said, you've, you've said no to Chuck and he hates it and I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mohammed. Top man. What, Thank, what you, if, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having um, Chuck to do it and you judge it, Mohammed. Tell him how good yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, okay. Uh, 10, Mohammed. What do you reckon? Go on, Chuck. Give us a shit. Go on. Here we go. Oh, he's standing up for it as well. Okay. Right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that is woeful. That was. That, that was. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure about the little the little crouch, but the double T part, I mean, you can't go too wrong, can you? Awesome. <laughs> hey, it'd be good to bump into you at a test ground or something uh, next summer. If, you, if you're at the cricket, be sure to drop us a message. All right. Because England are world champions, our partners at The Root Academy have got loads of offers on. Just head over to therootacademy.com to find out. Chris Millard, Black Friday as well. I'm sure that people need to keep their eyes peeled on um, both the Barmy Army website and also Root Academy website for Black Friday stuff. But you, you had to go on the products before, just quickly, on the Root Academy products. Yeah, the, I love the little ball feeder that just pops it up. and, and I yeah. love that. That's That's really good. 
the entry level. Entry level, mate. That's entry yeah. level. Entry level. We've got um, we've got a few high levels of product as well, you know. Okay. All right. Well, I, I mean, look, the social media channel is amazing. Actually, Root Academy uh, Instagram. There's some like really cool videos and bits and pieces on there, isn't there? So head over there and then get onto the Root Academy website. So um, there you go. Loads of offers at the moment, like we say. And uh, Chris, also just a quick one on the South Africa tour. Yeah, that is not too far away. That is going to sneak up on people really quick. And there's still packages and stuff for people, you know, if they fancy Absolutely. getting away, isn't there, to j- jump on? I'll set the scene for you. It's end of June, end of June, sorry, end of January. You're freezing. You've just come down off the high of Christmas. You've not really got much to do. You've not got much on. Work's not busy because it's January and it's quiet for most people. Um, unless you work in the football transfer industry, then obviously the deadline day finishes then. But even then, after the World Cup, you'll be free. So you're cold, you're bored. England are playing in South Africa. In two places, we've not been too much, Bloemfontein and Kimberley. Why are you not there, is the question. Oh, and a little Cape Town experience chucked in for a couple of days on the back end of it. Why are you not going, should be the question, not should I be going. So why am I not going? And if you have a diary that is full from the end, halfway through Jan to the end of Jan, then fair play, stay at home. If you've not, then why are you not there? There's still availability. South Africa is one of the best places in the world to travel to. You've got lovely food. You've got lovely wine. You've got lovely um, safaris. You've got amazing excursions to do. Why are you not there? See you in, in South cr- Africa. And the cricket won't be too bad either. It'll be brilliant. Oh, and the cricket's happening as well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll be good as well. You like South Africa, don't you? You've been... Um... Mate, love it. Absolutely love it. Going to tr- absolutely jump on the chance to to get out there again ASAP, even potentially when there's no cricket happening as well. So, yes, echo those sentiments. So get onto the website, barmyarmy.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.